several weeks ago, actually several months ago, as I was reading through some of the passages in the, in the New Testament, specifically in Matthew, when Jesus talked about something that we don't really talk about uh, enough of. And uh, he, he had parables, and he talked a lot about a place called hell. And he reminded us that, hey, you can go to hell. And in fact, that's the, the title for the series. And I asked the Lord, you want me to talk about how you can go to hell, how people can go to hell? Yes, I want you to warn them. So that, that title uh, might be a little strange, it might be a little abrupt, but, but it's true. It's true. And so we have got to uh, be aware, keenly aware, as we try to talk with others and as we try to uh, work out our salvation for those who are saved, we're going to get into that. And, and uh, the gospel message is there as hope. But Jesus talked about hell, uh, even he talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. And so he warns us, and we see this in certain passages, like in Matthew chapter 13, verse uh, 40 through 43. It says this, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so I will be, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will uh, weed out all of his kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. And so Jesus talked about Jesus talked about hell in a way that is kind of scary. I mean, that, that, is not a, that is not a nice scene. In fact, that's not the kind of scene that you paint on your little children's wall, you know, a, like a, a, a beyond the crib, you know, in the nursery. You know, let's just paint a scene, a mural of, of like the end of the age, where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You, you, just don't, you just don't want to do that. No, it, no one likes to think of that. But Jesus warned us. And, and it almost reminds me of when my, when my kids were little, I would warn them. And, and I would even kind of go a little bit overboard. Like when we were uh, out somewhere, say if we were at a, at a water park or something, and, and I would tell them, look, you, I know you're going you're, you're to want to go and, and do some things, but you're little, you're small, you need to stay close to dad. Because if not, then someone could take you and remove you and take you somewhere and harm you, and I will never see you again. Now, that kind of scared them a little bit, but guess what? They stayed close to dad. And of course, now, you know, as their teenagers were like, somebody please take them, you know. You know it's like, oh my goodness. But, but we, we do that uh, here with our, with our kids, or maybe even to our, to our own minds or to ourselves. We, we, we go through some things, and we role play this, and we think, okay, this can happen. And Jesus is telling us, Back then and even today, look, this can happen. In fact, it will happen. There will be a separation, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so today in this, um, in this You Can Go to Hell series, I want to talk about something that you may have heard before. And it's, just, it's a phrase that you may have used before, but... Um, it's called a get-out-of-hell-free card. You get-out-of-hell-free card. Now, where that comes from, it comes from the game of Monopoly. You probably, you probably played Monopoly before. 
You probably have a Monopoly game at, at home. And, and in this Monopoly game, you have this, uh, you have this card, and it's a chance card. And, and so this, this card, some, you may get a, a card that says, get out of hell free card, because you could wind up, uh, uh, get out of jail. You could wind up in jail while playing Monopoly. And this card is, is huge, because it's a get out of jail free card. So you kind of keep this. You kind of hold on to this. And so, but, but people, they treat, they treat this warning from Jesus uh, almost like it's a game. Well, I'll just, I'll just get my get out of hell free card. I'll do whatever little I need to do in order to escape hell and to be able to go, um, go to heaven. And, and, and in fact, you may be sitting here today thinking, you know what, well, Frank, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm in, I'm in church. I'm in church. Congratulations. We're glad you're in church. But can I tell you something? There are thousands of people sitting in churches across the world who um, they think they're going to heaven just by coming to church. But in actuality, they're on their way to hell. And so, just because you're sitting in a church is not your get out of hell free card. And we'll, we'll talk about those, um, those cards, and we'll talk about the, the, the good card and the bad card, um, the card of, of falsehood and the, and the card of truth. But there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, Let me read this for you. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, drive out demons? In your name, perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. You know, it's easy to say, but Lord, didn't I go to church? But Lord, didn't I serve? But, but Lord, didn't I do good things? Depart from me. And so I'm telling you right now, that's scary. That it, it, it's almost like when we're children and, and our fathers paints us a, a, a story or tells us a story of what could happen if they leave my side. And so when, when we talk about this, uh, this idea that Jesus could say, look, I, I never knew you. It could very well happen, and I think it's going to happen to a lot of people who are living a, a, a lukewarm life, a lukewarm life. In fact, we, we even see this in Revelation uh, chapter uh, 3, verse 16. You know, we're all familiar with John 3:16, but are you familiar with Revelation 3:16? Revelation 3.16 says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a loving father. That's a loving savior saying that. And you might be thinking, you know, why would a loving God do something like that? Why would he create a hell to send people to it? Well, as we learned last week, as Jackson Grant, our teaching pastor, introduced his series, he, he reminded us that, that hell was not created for you. 
or for me. Hell was created for Lucifer, for Satan, and his angels. And so when sin entered the world, obviously there's punishment that goes with that. And so when, when we think, oh, we, we, we would never do something like that. Why would God do this? Why would a loving God do this? I would never do something like that. Well, you probably wouldn't. But you also probably wouldn't send your only son to be born of a virgin, lay in a, in a manger. And, and, you, and you probably wouldn't have allowed your son to, to die for people. His, his skin be lacerated, be ripped, and nails put in his hands and feet, and a scar, I mean, a crown of thorns on his head, and scars all over his body. You probably wouldn't allow that as well. But God did, because his love. Because he proved his, his love is stronger than any kind of Punishment. And in fact, God is not the one. You've heard me say this. God is not the one who punishes people. We are the one. We punish ourselves. God does not send us to hell. We send ourselves to hell. We're destined for hell because of our sin. But by the grace of God, Jesus came. Jesus came to to take our place so we would not end up in eternity in hell. You know, it, it's a little arrogant for us to pick and choose which truths or plan we want to embrace. It's easy to embrace the, the plan of redemption and salvation. That's good. Oh, but we don't like to embrace the plan of punishment. But God is a just God. God's Revealed plan of punishment is, is something that is real. And so I want to talk to you today about this card. This get out of hell free card. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you a couple of different cards. There's one that is a a false get out of hell free card and there's one that is a get out of hell free truth card that we can use but we're going to we're going to share the difference between those two cards and so what does a fake get out of hell free card. What could you be doing? What could be some of your family members be doing? Your friends, people you know, what could they be doing? What could you be doing? What can I be doing that we think, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to hell. Let me share with some of those. Number one, Christian family heritage. I meet many people who depend on the Christian heritage of their family. They have, a, they have a grandfather who was a pastor. Oh, my grandfather was a pastor. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're Christians. Our family's Christians. You know, we stand by that, even though they have never accepted Christ as Savior. But they try to ride the coattails of their family into heaven. Let me tell you something. Your family can't keep you out of hell. Your family cannot keep you out of hell. 
That is you between you and God. They might help you get pick the right school or help you find the right job. Yeah. But getting into heaven is above their pay grade. So Christian family heritage. A, a second one, being a good person. I've met many people who they do wonderful, incredible things. In fact, there, there's, there's some... Um, People that I know that, man, they don't, they don't follow Christ at all. In fact, they, they, they really deny him. But, man, they, they put the church to shame on how they reach the community. And they're actually a good person. They're kind. They do lots of great stuff. But they're going to hell. And so just because we are a good person doesn't mean that we can escape hell. You know, there will be a ton of community volunteers in hell. <laughs> there will be a ton of community volunteers in hell. Maybe they could just kind of volunteer for each other when they're down there or whatever or wherever. But it's not based upon what we do. We see this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved. Everybody say the word Grace. Good. You have been saved through faith. Say faith. Good. It is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about what you do and how good you are. And you've heard us say this before. And, and, and this is a phrase that, that is in Christian circles and it's not, it's not by works. It, you, you know, good people can, can go to hell. But you need to search yourself and you need to realize, okay, am I really trying to, uh, trying to make myself look good or do good things? Or am I really doing it in the name of Jesus? Am I really doing it because I love people like God loves them? So Christian family heritage is a reason. Being a good person, people think that's, that's a get out of hell free card but it's not. Another one is uh, reciting the sinner's prayer. Reciting the sinner's prayer. Saying a prayer confession for your sins to the Lord is needed. Absolutely. We've got to confess with our mouth, believe in our heart. And we, we need to do that to, in order to experience salvation. But I have known people, and you may have as well, who they have repeated and recited this sort of Lord's prayer and they have gone back to doing the very same things they have done before. If you're still living the life you once lived, you just recited some words. You just recited some words. It's got to be something that is from the heart. And we'll get into a little bit more of that. Number four, baptism. Baptism. Now, baptism is needed because you want to tell people that you are a believer, and we do that. In fact, when people are baptized here at Terminus Wake Park, our official baptism home, one of the things we ask them while they're in the water, have you accepted Jesus Christ? And with their mouth, they say that they confess that. 
And I believe as we counsel people and we've talked to people and we've got a great staff that, that spends time with them, just make sure they understand. But just because you step into some water and someone dunks you doesn't mean you're going to heaven if nothing has changed. Because you're just getting wet. You're just getting wet. There's nothing magical about that water. I know there's songs or something in the water. You know, that's great. But let me tell you, there's nothing in that water that saves you. And we, we talk about that. But if, if you don't have a life change, you're just getting wet. Because I know this, there are people who are like, man, I keep, I, I keep going back to my old life. Time and time again, I need to get rebaptized. I need to get cleansed. I need that water to cleanse me. Bro, that water's not, not doing nothing. That water's not cleansing you. There needs to be a turning around. There needs to be something. Something isn't connected yet. There's no surrender. There's no waving of the white flag. So just because you stepped in some water and, and someone dunked you doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Unless you truly accepted Christ as Savior. You invited him to be Lord of your life. There has been some life change. Yeah, you're going to mess up a little bit, but, but there's some life changes happening. You're on the road to redemption. You're on the road and be, to becoming like him. Yes, there's a life change. Yes, that baptism is, is a symbol of that. But there are people... They just feel like they need to get baptized. I meet parents, moms who are like, I just need to get, I need to get my kids baptized. I just need to get them baptized. That's great. But if, if they don't accept Christ as Savior, they're just getting wet. If they don't understand their need for a Savior, they're not going to understand everything. But they need to understand this. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. And I know Jesus is that guy. Jesus is that Jesus is the one who can save me from my sins. And so I, I'm going to accept him as Lord and Savior. We, we counsel kids. We talk to kids before they're, they're being baptized. But it's not all about, man, I, just need, I need to get them saved. You know, that's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. The only thing you need to do is pray. So, Baptism is one, and the last one is attending church. We kind of went a little bit about this, but just because you're sitting in church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Lots of people sitting in churches today who are going to hell because they don't live for Jesus. So those are some false get-out-of-hell-free cards. I've done this. I've been through this. But if there's no life change that matches this, it's false. It's false. So you might be sitting here today, man, Frank, I'm so glad I came to church today. Your sermon today is so uplifting. 
praise Jesus, hallelujah. I love this. Man, I'm so glad I got up today and heard this. Um, it, it's a gospel. The gospel is good news. But in order to have good news, there also has to be bad news. And, uh, and the bad news is there's a lot of people who think they're going to heaven when actually they do, they're going to hell. So, Frank, Pastor Frank, how do I know I'm going to heaven? How do I know my kids are going to heaven? How do I know my family's going to heaven? The people that I talk to, what are the signs? What are the signs that I am going to heaven and I can escape hell? Because all I've heard today, Frank, was that I need to stop being a good person. I don't need to worry about reciting the sinner's prayer. I don't need to be baptized, and I need to stop going to church. (laughs) No. I don't want you to think that, because as we get into this next section, as we talk about the real cards, the card of truth of getting out of hell free card, this card is truth. And this is how you know that you've got the right card. Number one, obviously accepting Jesus as Savior. The main indicator you're holding the right card is that you've surrendered your sinful and selfish ways to a loving Savior by inviting him in to be your Lord, the one who's in control. So that involves two steps, really simple. Confession and repentance. Confession and repentance. So confession, what is confession? Well, why don't we go to, the, why don't we go to God's word? That'd be a great place. There's a lot of scripture in this next, as we talk about the real card, there's lots of scripture, so I need you to hang tight. First John 1, 9. You probably have heard most of these, if not all of these. But listen, if we confess, there's a word, our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we confess our sins. Here's something else we confess, found in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is, by, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are are saved. So confession, confessing your sins and declaring with your mouth, look, Jesus is Lord, you're Lord. So there's some confession, but there's, there's also some repentance. And here is where, here is where some people stop. They don't realize that there's a continuation in this process. I've said this in his prayer. I got dunked. I'm set. Card. I'm there. Repentance is needed. Repentance is needed. Well, what is repentance? Repentance simply means to turn away from your life of sin. 
This is proof that your decision to follow Christ is real. Not fake, but real. There has to be repentance. We see this in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent then and turn to God away from your sin, but turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You know, all Christians stumble and fail. But it's the one who stumbles while on the road of repentance who will escape hell, who will escape hell. And so as you are on, as you've accepted Christ as Savior and been baptized and you're telling people about your decision, we need to turn away from our sin. We need to, which is repentance, walk towards Christ and, and become like him. And as you do that, you're going to stumble and fall. That's okay. But you're on the right road. But if you're going towards your sin and still in your life of sin with the disregard to Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, there's some issues. Repentance is huge. So not only do we, uh, not only do we need to accept Christ as Savior, the second thing we needed to, through confession and repentance, the second thing we need to do is understand the, the, a big word called sanctification. This is another sign that you are holding the right card, the get out of hell free card. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit to make us holy. So on this Pentecost Sunday, when, the Holy, when we're celebrating that the Holy Spirit has done his work and is coming to the hearts and, and the church has, has been born, then the Holy Spirit, we depend on the Holy Spirit to, to make us holy, to become like Christ. But there are also some things we can do with sanctification. There is a job of the Holy Spirit, yes, but there's also some things we need to do as we see in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Paul also instructs us to work out our salvation like a muscle in Philippians 2, verse 12 through 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is the process of sanctification, becoming like Christ, allowing the Holy Spirit to change you. But there are people who have not allow the Holy Spirit to change them. They could care less about changing, becoming like Christ, and they're walking the wrong way. You know, salvation is free. It's a free gift. We've already read scripture about that. But sanctification, the process of sanctification has a price. We see this in, in Matthew uh, chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, this is Jesus talking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross 
and follow me. If we are not daily denying ourselves the cravings of sin that were nailed to the cross, then we are not setting ourselves apart as a life of holiness. We're not setting ourselves apart away from the world to becoming like Christ. And so there is a thing that you and I must do. Salvation is free, yes, as you accept it. But Paul says we got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's sanctification. That has some work to it. Let me use this as an example. Let's say if you wanted to, let's say you wanted to bless your pastor. You bless your pastor with a brand new 2019 Toyota Tundra truck. Um, forest green. And, and you give it to me. There's nothing I did to deserve it. You just, you just did it. You know, bless you. you you're my pastor. And I just, you're doing the work of the Lord. I'm, I'm trying to put some hints out there, right, as best I can. And so let's say if I, I take that tundra, and I, I'm going to accept that tundra. I will accept that tundra. <laughs> and so I, I accept that tundra, and then I go and I park it in the garage. And, and I leave it there for, for several days, several weeks, several months, several years, and I never bring it out. And I never experience what it's like to ride in the tundra. I, I never use it. I never, I never show other people. In fact, imagine all of the experiences I'm missing, all of the places I could go, all the things I could do with your awesome gift to your pastor of the Toyota Tundra. Imagine the things that I'm missing and the people that I can share it with as I give people a ride in my new Toyota Tundra. I'm so excited about it. It's very simple with salvation and sanctification. People receive this gift of salvation. Not everybody but I've known some people, and there are lots of people, they, they take this gift of salvation. Hey, I've got my card. i got my card. i got my truck. I'm going to put my truck in my garage. I'm going to put my card away. And I'm not going to really use this gift of salvation. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to value it at all. In fact... I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to let other, other people know about it. You know, just like the truck, if I take that truck out of the garage, give it for a ride, take it mud, you know, um, it's going to get dinged up, a, uh, dinged up a little bit. But that's okay. Because there's a story to tell. You know, as you accept this gift of salvation and you're, and you're walking in that and you're sharing with others, you're going to get dinged up a little bit. You are. You're going to have old friends try to pull you back. You're going to have people make fun of you. You're going to have people question you. This world is going to push you 
and you're going to get dinged up a little bit. But what a ride it will be when you can use this free, awesome gift of salvation and, and, and use it on a daily basis, get, getting, into, getting into God's word, getting into prayer, fellowshipping with other believers. Yeah, you're going to get dinged up in small group, in church. You're going to open the book, God's word and be like, man, that's, that's tough. Woo. Yes, that's fine. But it's called becoming like Christ. It's called sanctification. If your initial conversion experience is stored away and never worked out or never developed, then you're holding the wrong card. You only recited a prayer. Sanctification. Another thing we need, telling others. This is a sign that you are holding the right card, the the get out of hell free card. When you are telling others about your experience, you know, most of y'all know this. I love talking about my wife. Now, this, like, this week, we're celebrating 25 years of marriage. Please pray for Suzanne. We, uh, we, I just love talking about her. I mean, I, I was somewhere, I mean, I, I'm always talking about her because I love her. And she's awesome. And, and, and the reason I love talking about her is because she's part of my life. I tell her when she's not with me. I talk about her when she is with me. But if we truly have invited Jesus to be Lord of our lives, then we will want to tell others about him. If you don't tell others about your relationship with Jesus, then you don't love him. That's, that's kind of a bold statement. If you're, not telling any, if you're not telling anybody, if you're not telling anybody about Jesus, if I'm going somewhere and I take this wedding ring off and I don't tell anybody that I'm married, is my heart with Suzanne? People don't know I'm married. I don't want them to know I'm married. I, don't want, I mean, is my heart with her? Do I really love her with my heart? I may say it with my mouth, but I, do I love her with my heart? If you aren't telling others about your relationship with Jesus, there's a strong possibility you don't love him. And if you don't love him, then are you truly saved? Are you truly saved? There's got to be a love there. Check out what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 26. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. If you love him, you're going to tell others about him. And that's an indication. Man, you're on that road of sanctification. You've got the card. You've got the right card. Another one. I've got two more. Fruit of the Spirit. 
This is further evidence that you're holding the right card. Fruit of the Spirit, you've heard this verse before at Galatians 5, 22 through 24. <clears throat> but of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let me read that again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, what have they done? They have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? We stay connected with Jesus. He says this in, in John 15, 5 through 6. Jesus said this, I am the way, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear, which means carry, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch Here's the hell part that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Sounds like hell to me. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. You may say, Frank, I can't do all those things. I can't always show that kind of fruit. That's fine. Jesus knows that. Jesus knows you can't do all of those things on your own. That's why it's not your job to produce the fruit. That's a job of the Holy Spirit. The pastor said it. That's a job of the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit as you are connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. You know what your job is? Is to bear it, to carry it's what bear means. To carry. You're only to show the fruit. To carry the fruit. Let the Holy Spirit produce the fruit. I know there's going to be some days when you have a little more love and a little bit less patience. And there are, there are days where you've got a little more joy <laughs> and maybe, maybe a little bit less of gentleness. Whatever that is, you know, you're, you're, you don't need to be concerned about producing the fruit. All you got to do is stay connected. Because guess what? If you try to produce the fruit, you're, you're not going to be able to do it. I mean, if I try to produce fruit, it would be called Frank's fruit. You don't, you don't want none of my fruit. You don't want Frank's fruit. It's not good. It's bitter. It's, it's, it's not good. You don't want a piece of that. And I probably don't want any of your fruit. But I will take some of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which, did I say you don't produce that? You just carry it like a trophy. And the only thing you do is you connect with Jesus. You connect with Jesus. You're going to fall short, as it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of God's glory because we lack God's presence, which produces the glory. 
Glory is always a manifestation of the attributes of God resulting from the presence of God. Tired of falling down in sin? Connect with Jesus. And then the last proof that you know you've got the right card, and actually this kind of comes when it's really kind of too late, but it's sort of the final proof. Get, look at what it says in, in Revelation 21, 27. Nothing impure will ever enter into it, and that's talking about heaven. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. In the final judgment, he will open the Lamb's book of life. He will open up this book, and he will read from it. And if your name is found in there, you can enter into heaven, and you have escaped hell. You've got the right card. But can I tell you something? (laughs) Before you die, you might want to make sure of that. You don't want to be like, hmm, I'm dead. I'm standing here in front of the throne. It's a judgment. I wonder if my name is, no. You need to approach the throne, the God's throne with confidence and humility. And you, need, and you need to be assured, I have assurance in my Savior. I have assurance in my faith in Jesus Christ. Not because of what are the things I've done. Not because my family goes to church. Not because I sat in church. Not because, you know, I volunteered. Not because somebody got me wet and I dunked. And No. You're there because you've accepted Christ as Savior You're on the road of sanctification. You're becoming holy like Jesus. You're going to slip up a little bit. That's fine. But you're on the, and you're telling people about Jesus. You're telling people. Let me ask you a question. Do you know if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? You know, I, I firmly believe my name is already in that book, that land's book of life. And I don't say that with, 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 with the spirit of, of cockiness. I say that with confidence. Not because of the things, the good things I've done. Not because I'm a pastor. Good Lord, not because I'm a pastor. Because I'm just like you, bro. It's because... I'm a man who is a sinner in need of a Savior. I mess up. God picks me up, and I'm walking down the road of sanctification, becoming like Christ more and more, and trying not to produce my own fake fruit, but rely on the Holy Spirit to do that as I connect with Jesus. And you, need to have that same confidence that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I've, I've said some, I've said some pretty, pretty uh, big things today. But I, I'm just, I'm speaking truth. We, we read a lot of scripture. You want to you know more, you ought to read even more what Jesus said about hell. It's, it's pretty tough stuff. But 
like this chance card in Monopoly with a question on it. Have you accepted Christ? Are you following after him? Some of you may not have ever done that before. Some of you may not be sure that you're going to heaven. Some of you may be sitting here today, you know, Frank, I, 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 I've said that prayer and I've, I've been baptized and I, and I, you know, I've even been some small groups up and I, I'm just slipping up. I feel like I'm on that road of sanctification and that I'm just slipping up a little bit. I, I need people to pray with me. That's what the church is for. That's why the Holy Spirit came and gave us the, the life and the power and the gifts so that we can lift one another up in prayer. But I'm asking you today to take a chance. Just like this card. Take a chance. Ask yourself this question. Am I going to heaven? Or am I going to hell?